what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your small business more effectively. My name is Jeff Newville, your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is head of the business department at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how's it going today? Doing great, Jeff. It's been a great month. Looking forward to today's show. And we're, we're talking here in late May, which means you're probably getting ready for an exotic, romantic vacation sometime this summer. Are you, are you, do you have plans to go to uh, Jamaica or what, where are you going this summer? The big trip for the Mueller family will be going to Kansas City for the Skills <laughs> USA national competition. I hear Kansas City is beautiful in the summer. If you like 100-degree weather. But they do have great barbecue. They have great barbecue. Now, you know, we've got like several listeners in Kansas City. Don't say anything uh, derogatory about Kansas City. I love uh, Kansas City. All right. It so. means that we've done well in the school year if we get the opportunity to go to Kansas City. So your vacation is actually taking students to a skills competition in Kansas City. That's correct. You're a madman. That's absolutely. That's what my wife tells me. All right. All right. Well, on today's show, we're going to start with our news and notes, uh, things that have crossed our desk. Our our main topic for today is going to be how to use Facebook to to promote your small business. And we've got uh, a guest, uh, Susan Grunwald from the Atlanta, Georgia area, who's going to be joining us to talk about that with us. And we'll finish up with our Small Business of the Month feature. So, so Gary, I was looking through uh, magazines that seemed to pile up on my desk, and I was going through Entrepreneur Magazine, and they... The, uh, one of the recent editions had a list of popular franchises, and they had a list of popular home-based franchises, because I run into a lot of folks that are interested in starting a business. They don't necessarily need or want an office, uh, but they'd like to start a business, and, and often franchises uh, are a good way to get up and running. They give you a brand name. They give you some support. So they had a list of popular home-based franchises, and I was looking at this, and I was struck because... Of the top 20 franchises for home-based businesses they had, there was one type of business that kept jumping out. Of the top 20, I think it was 10 or 11 of them were this type of business. What kind of business do you think that was? Well, my thought would be that it might be financial services or bookkeeping. Fair guess. Not, uh, not, not, not right, but it's a fair guess. What about cleaning? You got it. it Is that right? It, it's, uh, you know, of the top franchises, home-based franchises, there were uh, approximately 11 of the top 20 were either commercial cleaning, carpet cleaning, home cleaning. The number one that they had was some, was called uh, Jan Pro Franchising International, which uh, does commercial cleaning. Second one was actually Cruise Planners with American Express Travel. And then Vanguard Cleaning Systems, which was also commercial cleaning. Uh, next two were tool-related. One was called Snap-on Tools, and one was called Matco Tools. Number six, Jazzercise. That would not be me. Not be you? No, you're, you're pretty... <laughs> Although I like to dance, but not... I didn't, I didn't know that about you. I, I look <laughs> more, forward... More information than you needed to know. Well, right? I, you're, you're, you're a pretty stylish guy. I can see you on the dance floor. Uh, number seven, CleanNet USA, another commercial cleaning... Uh, number eight, budget blinds, which is uh, window coverings, window film, rugs, accessories. Uh, coverall health-based cleaning systems. 
Number 10 is chem dry carpet and upholstery uh, cleaning. Uh, 11, system four, commercial cleaning. Number 12, heaven's best carpet and upholstery cleaning. Number 13 is pro forma, which is printing and promotional products. Number 14, Anajo cleaning systems. Number 15, Kona Ice, which is a shaved ice truck. Mm -hmm. Number 16 is Coffee News, which is a weekly newspaper that's, you can see, distributed at coffee houses or restaurants. Number 17 is Building Stars International, another commercial cleaning company. Number 18 is Weed Man. And uh, you might think that's in Colorado, but no, it's not. <laughs> it's actually, it's a lawn care business. Yeah, that makes sense, lawn care, because you don't need an office. Number 19, Home Helpers slash Direct Link, which is medical and non-medical personal care. Number 20 is Rooter Man, which is plumbing and sewer cleaning and whatnot. But, but anyway, just... Well, my so first guess of financial and bookkeeping didn't make the top 20. But I'm glad I followed up with the, the cleaning. Well, well, you know, if you think about uh, services that you don't need an office for, where you're going to go to your customer, I guess cleaning, you know, that, that, was, that was a yeah. very good second guess. So, so very good. So anyway, uh, I just, you know, people want to Did they talk in. about how fast they're growing? Is this something that is expanding? They, well, if you're in the top 20, I think that you're growing, and they also list the amount of money that you need to get involved with these franchises, which is anywhere from 2000 up to, to fifty or 60000 depending on which one you want. But those, as far as entry costs, not too bad there. No, that's not bad at all. So if you're interested in starting your own business, home-based business, you might want to look at uh, Entrepreneur Magazine's list of franchises. That might be a quick way to, to get up and running and get in business. It can be a good way to get you started if you need that support. Now watch this. I'm going to make a transition because our guest actually also has a home-based business. Wow, what a, what a segue. I know. I've been working on that. You know, We've been doing this a while now. That's I'm getting pretty good. Impressive. But our guest today is uh, Susan Grunwald. Susan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jeff. Susan is the owner of The Creative Edge, which is an Atlanta, Georgia-based marketing firm which specializes in uh, small business marketing, logo design, web design, design, advertising, social media. Uh, they provide marketing consulting, and they work with a lot of small businesses on their marketing strategies, helping to get them up and running. Uh, Susan, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Glad to be here. So you, you, you work primarily with small businesses, you, you, small businesses, startup businesses, both? Yeah, both. I would say about 90% of the people who call me are starting another business. A lot of them have either retired looking for a second career or possibly got laid off and decided um, to start their own business then. And, and the topic that we want to get onto today uh, is uh, specifically is... Uh, how people can use Facebook to market your business. Is this a strategy that you find to be useful working with these types of businesses? Or, or are there certain types of businesses that benefit more from Facebook than others? Um, yeah, there definitely are. I would, But really, any business that's marketing directly to consumers um, can use Facebook as a marketing tool. Um, if you're in a business that's really just selling to other businesses, I would not say you know, Facebook is the right option. But um, all types of businesses and a, and a lot of different clients that I have use Facebook, and it really and it has helped them um, directly with sales and repeat business. Um, anything from restaurants, retail stores, um, colleges, schools, um, uh, all kinds of organizations, medical professionals. 
do you do you find and and um if you if you're if you're heavy on Facebook, do you do you need a website and a Facebook page, or, or can they be inter- do, you, do they complement one another, or or, or or do you need both of them? Yeah, they definitely can complement um, each other. I think a website really is almost mandatory these days, just to lend credibility, even if it's just a, a simple website. Um, but absolutely, you're going to want your Facebook link, you know, from your website back to your Facebook page, and then. The same thing on Facebook, um, you're going to want to lead people back to your website. And so I, I really think you, you need both. Now, now for, for some of us, you know, you know, Gary and I are, you know, we're, we're middle-aged, but we're, 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 we're getting toward the upper end of the middle age. And I don't know about you, Gary, but I personally am not a big Facebook user. I am not either. So, so talk to us a little bit in that, uh, you know, the, I, I know, there a lot of people use Facebook and they're telling people what they had for lunch and it just seems to me <laughs> that I don't want to go there but but there's if you're doing a business Facebook page that's different than a personal page isn't it how what how do you get your business page up and running yeah it is different but I think you'd be surprised at the demographics on Facebook actually the fastest growing demographic on there are people 55 and up um, it does skew more toward women but not as much as you think. Um, men are about 42% of the people on Facebook. Um, I think women probably use it more, more often or more active on it. And the difference between the pages, um, you do have to have a personal page in order to have a business page. You, you don't have to be active on it, but you do have to set up an account first on an individual page. Um, Facebook makes it very easy. You can really just Google how to set up my Facebook business page and you'll, you'll end up on the Facebook, um, help page and it'll take you step by step. It takes about three minutes to set up your Facebook. Wow. That's, that's really important for people getting ready to start because sometimes people are scared about the technology. Yeah. And really anybody who has a teenager, um, that's probably how I started out. Anybody who has a teenager, seriously, the teenager can, uh, I wouldn't let them post on your behalf, but they can definitely help you, you know, get, get it started. Well, see, now I've got a teenager who is happy to tell me that she's got 4,000 friends on Facebook. And, and I'm, I, I sort of think if you have four good friends in this life, you're doing good. Yeah. <laughs> now, now yeah. is, is there a difference between having a personal Facebook page with friends. Do you have friends if you're on a business page or what do we call the people that follow you on a business page? Um, Facebook likes to change the name of that every other day. Um, I call them fans. Um, um, so yeah, it is different and, um, there are different ways to get more people onto your, um, business page. Once you set up your business page, um, you can share that page and invite your personal friends as a start to become, you know, fans of your page. But yes, it is completely separate. So being a fan of a business page is similar to being a friend of a personal page. That's correct. And and the more fans that we have, the more people are likely to see what's going on with our business. Um, that is true, except years ago when Facebook started, um, every time you made a post, your fan, if somebody is a fan of their your page, they would see that news in their news feed. If you posted that you just you know got a new product or were added a new service, they would see that in their news feed. But over time, Facebook has changed that. So now, when you post something, only about five percent of the people who like your page are going to see that post. So that's why we've got to talk about some different tools to help increase the number of people that will see that. 
and how you can use um, promotions, promoted posts to um, for more people to see your posts. That's cool. what I was going to wonder how you get people to your Facebook. So, so, so enlighten us. So if, if, uh, we're, we're, uh, we've started our business page and, and we're reaching out to, to get fans and we want them to see what we're posting and what's going on with our business. How do we, how do we get them to see what we're posting? Okay. The first thing you want to do is, um, you know, you want to set up your page. You want to have a nice cover image on there, a nice little, the little thumbnail, your, which I call the avatar. And you want to go ahead, before you even tell people about your page, you want to do four or five posts so that when people come to your page, it looks like there's activity going on there. Um, and then you want to get as many fans as you can sort of organically free um, to start with. So you start with your friends, your mom, your dad, you know, <laughs> um, you start with your, you know, people that you know. Um, and then, of course, you're going to have your Facebook page, um, your link on your business card, on your website. If you send out an email newsletter in your email signature, if you've got a storefront or a business, you're going to want to um, post, have signs in there, like us on Facebook. So that's sort of the organic free way to help you get started. So, um, so basically, you're incorporating that Facebook advertising into as many phases of your business as you can, whether it be business cards, brochures, signage. Make it easy for them to find. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then next, once you've got um, a number of fans, Facebook used to make it be, uh, they made you have a, a minimum of 400 fans before you could promote your post. But that's got gone way down. They kind of keep that n number of se a secret. Um, but I've got clients who only have 100 or 200 fans, and they're able to do these paid promoted posts now. Um, so I, I, I guess when they went public, they decided that uh, more ways to generate revenue would be a good thing. Yeah, yeah they, they've definitely changed. It was fun while it lasted. When it was free, <laughs> it was an inc incredible. But it's still, compared to all the advertising and marketing my clients do, I still find it, even if you have to pay for the promoted post, um, I feel like it's one of the best returns on investment for my clients. Mm-hmm. So, so in order to uh, promote your post and get people to see it, is there, there is that a paid mechanism? How do how do we how do we promote our posts now? Yes, that's right. Um, what you need to do is you'll link a credit card to to your account so that when you do the promoted post, it'll just automatically charge to your credit card. But the way you do it, you've got a couple of different choices, and this is what makes it so um, so valuable. Um, on the promoted post, every time you post something, there'll be a little button that says boost my post and you have two options. You can boost that post. So it shows to, um, more of your fans instead of just 5%, it'll show to a much greater percentage of your fans plus their friends. And it's very likely if somebody is a fan of your page, that their friends are probably, you know, similar age, similar interests, and would also be good prospects for your business. So that's one, one option. And the promoted posts start as was as little as five dollars. Um, for five dollars, your post typically shows to anywhere from five hundred to a thousand people. Um, for twenty dollars, it might it can show to thousands of people. So it's it's pretty amazing exposure. But the other thing, the other tool that I really like, um, and you can choose instead of just showing it to your fans and their friends, you can promote the post to a targeted demographic. So you can show that post just to people who are, let's say, um, a 20-mile radius around Hickory is your audience, or you know maybe nationwide. Um, you may just want to show that post um, to men or women or to a certain age group. 
And you can even um, post that. You can even put in, you want these people to like a certain business or organization. So for example, if um, you're, you've got a sporting goods store and you can put in that you want that post to show only to people who like your competitor, your competitor's Facebook page. That's so, really powerful. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So, so you, that's a good way to steal your competitor's uh, customers? Good way that's to target true. And for example, I've got a um, shoe store. They sell these Tom shoes that are very popular. And um, so if I run a post about Toms that are available in my client's store, I can promote that just to people who have already liked the Tom's Facebook page, um, the national page, which is you know, like a million people. Yeah, it's a, it's amazing tool when, when used right. Yeah, and you were talking a little bit about uh, how inexpensive some of these ads are. You know, when you're working with a, a new business, a startup business, and talking about ways to promote their business, I mean, do you, do you say over the course of the first year you should spend X amount of dollars on Facebook marketing, or is it really too situational to say there's a general number out there? Mm, it is situational. Um, I usually, my clients are usually very nervous about, you know, uh, you know, spending the money on Facebook. So sometimes we'll start with just, you know, $50 a month or $100 a month and, and see, see if it's working for them, mm-hmm. how well it's working. Baseball is back, and the Hickory Crawdads have an exciting season ahead. Join the dads for weekly promotions such as Dollar Day, Fireworks Fridays, and, of course, Thirsty Thursday. The Crawdads will also host the South Atlantic League All-Star Game on June 17th. Regular season and All-Star Game tickets are now on sale and available at the Crawdads box office or hickorycrawdads.com. And it, yeah, you, you, you mentioned return on investment, which is sometimes difficult to track. Are there, uh, you know, are there ways that you can evaluate that with Facebook or are you, are you still back to saying, how did you hear about us and uh, uh, trying to find that way? Well, every time you do a post, um, Facebook does provide great um, insight information. So um, after you promote your post, you can actually look at um, who liked your post, um, what age, what age they were, what gender they were, what state they came from. So you can get some, I guess, soft numbers. Um, you can find, you know, get that kind of information. You, you'll know how many people looked at your post, how many were interested. And that feedback is valuable for a lot of my clients because, you know, a retail store posts a picture of a product. You kind of know very fast what's hot by, by the feedback you get on those posts. Um, it is harder to track. If you don't have an online store, it is going to be harder to track back exactly how many people, you know, came into your store because they saw this post. But in general, uh, for example, I've got a bakery client. When we post pictures of a, you know, a certain product, I mean, we get, there are immediate calls and people come in because they want that product. So you can quantify it somewhat. We're talking a lot about posting and, and for, you know, older dudes like Gary and myself, is there are there some etiquette? Uh, is there etiquette advice that you can give us on if we're going to start posting on Facebook for our business? Right. Uh, are there things that we should do? Are there things we shouldn't do? Is it hard sale? Is it soft sale? What do you? How do you talk to clients about that? 
Yes, definitely. Definitely some good do's and don'ts. Um, first of all, you don't want every post to be selling. You know, I would say maybe every third post in general could be something where you're showing a product or talking about a service or something like that. But Facebook is also a way to show that you've got expertise in a certain area. Um, so let's say you, you sell athletic shoes. You might show a picture of a product one day, and the next day you may um, do a post about upcoming races in the area. And another day you might do a post about um, training plans. So you wanted to do a combination of posts of photos, links to industry information, industry studies that have just come out. Um, and it's also good to put some humor in there. It's okay to put a tasteful cartoon or joke or something especially related to that industry in there as well. So you want your Facebook to be informational as well as just yeah. promotional. Yes. Um, so that's one, one um, do. Also, um, photos and videos get much more response. Um, so you typically, instead of just having, you know, words as your post, you definitely want to have, you know, links to interesting photos. Um, if you're posting a picture of a, one of your products, it's better not to just have that product sitting there static. You kind of want to show it in use, you know. Um, you know, if, you, if you've if you got a furniture store and you're selling a couch, you don't want to just show the couch. You want to show it maybe in a customer's home if they're willing to take a picture and send it to you with their family or um, in the surroundings. It's going to make it more exciting. And then a pet peeve of mine is, uh, of course, making sure the grammar and spelling is correct. Because it's amazing how many posts you see that have uh, errors in them. Facebook just recently allowed you to go in and you can edit your post even after you've made it. So even if you notice, you know, you still have time to to fix it. Yeah. So so uh, professionalism is important. Yes. Yes. So, so now I, I have this this you know this this fear in my head that there are people out there that put so much of their lives in Facebook and it's you know can, you know and I. I you know, said, hey, I don't, I don't really care what you had for lunch, that sort of thing. You know, I, I suspect there are some people that overpost. I mean, you know, do, you, do you have advice for how often people should be posting? I mean, I, I, I fear that this could be consuming if you're not careful, but if you ignore it too long, then it gets stale. So what, what advice do you have on that? Yeah, I typically, um, I would say on average, it's good to post about three to four times a week would be ideal. But of course, if something comes up and, you know, that's immediate, something that's more, um, you know, something happens in the news that you want to respond to that's related to your business. Of course, you can, you can do, a, you know, an extra post or a little more frequently. And also, I wanted to mention, this is very important, a lot of my clients are very afraid of Facebook because they feel like it's an opportunity for a customer, they have a complaint, they have a bad meal, whatever, they, it's a time for, where they can go in and, um, you know, put, put the complaints on there. And the clients are afraid. And no matter how good your business is, everybody's going to have a complaint once in a while. Um, and people do go on there. They put complaints. They also put compliments. Um, but it's very important, and it's kind of a rule of Facebook, do not go in there and delete the complaint. Um, it's very important to use Facebook page also kind of as a part of your customer service. You want to go in there promptly and always be monitoring your Facebook to see what people are posting. Um, go in there and respond to that complaint and, um, you know, answer it honestly and um, professionally. And I think when customers come on there and see, okay, there was a complaint, but look how they resolved it. They answered it quickly. It actually could be 
you know, a good thing for you. Yeah. Everybody messes up, but it's how we yes. react to and try to fix the problem. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's good advice. And, and I, I get the sense that Facebook is it's a it's a pretty fluid these days and that they're always tinkering with it, making changes to it. And uh, you, you sort of just have to keep up with things. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, they do. They do change things. Uh, every time you get used to something. Uh, yeah, they do. change. They like to change how it looks. They like to change how things what things are called. But it's not too difficult to stay up, you know, to stay on top of. It's still like the meat and potatoes of the uh, social media uh, uh, vehicles to promote your business. Right, right. And I was going to mention also, I mean, yes, there are, there's so much social media, so many social media options out there. Of course, you've got Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and LinkedIn. And it's almost impossible for somebody. If, so, if you're managing your own social media, it, it's almost impossible to try to keep up with all those different um, social media options. So even though um, people may have accounts on other, these other social media options, Facebook is by far the most used and the most active. So if you can only only have resources to dedicate um, to one, definitely Facebook is the one to do. Even people who have accounts on other social media, about 80% of them also have a Facebook account. So you're typically um, going to cover most of the audience if you have a Facebook account. Um, one exception, um, teens, because their parents started coming on Facebook, a lot of teens have left Facebook. Um, so that's a, where Facebook has seen a little bit of a decrease, and these teens are going to Instagram, typically Instagram or Twitter. So if you are marketing strictly to teens, if you have a product that's marketing strictly to teens, then they may see your information on Facebook, but you do want to you want to look at another another option. That was going to be a question for the younger market, whether right. we should be in a different uh, area. Yeah, once once the parents are doing it, it's not cool yeah, anymore. Now it's not cool. That's for sure. So. Yeah. Well, look, you've given us a lot of good information on Facebook, and, and I suspect we could do other programs on these other social media, and I hope that you'll come back and join us at some point in time. That would uh, be great. So, so thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Of course. And uh, we always end up our program with uh, talking about some small businesses that we've run across in our, in our respective travels. And, and, Susan, you were telling me that there's a small business that you've recently started working with. And, and, and actually, before we talk about that, I just want to uh, just uh, tell people how to find you if they're looking for The Creative Edge. Your, your website is www.thecreativeedge. Think. Think. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> think, think creative edge dot yes. com. So Susan Grunwald at www.thinkcreativeedge.com. So if you want to find the Susan or the Creative Edge and check out some of the things that she's doing, that's where you can go. So let's talk about our small businesses. Susan, you, you, uh, you have a small business that, you were, uh, that you've recently started working with. Why don't you share it with us? Yes. Um, I'm working with um, a client, Michael Cummings, who owns motorsportscapital.com. It's motorsports-capital.com. And the reason this is interesting to me um, is he was able to combine um, a passion that he had for um, motorsports and for racing, and along with years of experience in um, the financial world um, at G Capital, and put that together into this business, um, Motorsports Capital. Um, he specializes in helping um, clients just in the motorsports industry. It's very different for them to try to get 
um, loans and funding, um, restructure their business, mergers, acquisitions. Um, he has the knowledge of both the motorsports industry, you know, and the financial knowledge, and it's really a niche market. Um, so he, he, he is doing quite well. His dad was um, uh, an engineer for one of the race car drivers way back. Uh, I think it's Pete Corley. And um, so my client started at a young age at the racetrack, even did some racing himself, um, but needed to pay the bills and ended up, you know, having a career in finance, but now has come full circle and is able to do both. Do And so, and I think some of the most successful small businesses are like that, where people can combine what they're passionate about, you know, a hobby and, ter- and turn it into a business like that. Absolutely. Where is he located? Um, he's based out of Atlanta, but he's got, I know he's got a lot of clients in North Carolina. You know, he, he really helps people country. nationwide. Um, he helps, you know, track operators, um, private motorsports parks. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Gary, what do you have? Jeff, my small business of the month is one of our small business clients that has a very clever idea, which I believe could be an unbelievable success in the next few years. The product is something that we all could use. The name of the company and product is FaceGuard. FaceGuard is an easy-to-use identification system where who you know is the key and the advisor's logo automatically locks out intruders. It's the new face of security. Unlike expecting users to rely on even just one password, FaceGuard creates a fresh display of your familiar faces mixed with strangers. Only those you know allow access. FaceGuard's exclusive partners reward their loyal patrons and attract new business with a premium gift of their innovative personal protection. Forget passwords, recognize familiar faces. FaceGuard is fun, free, unforgettable, and fast while economically delivering positive marketing impressions. This unique personal protection system can be a valuable commodity for consumers and as a result, a good opportunity for the companies wanting to advertise in conjunction with this special product. Oh, very good, and, and and we've seen it before, and basically it allows you to protect your computers, devices, uh, programs. Instead of having to remember passwords, you have to remember faces, and you can download faces of people you know. So it's not like remembering random faces. It's, it's remembering it's your really clever, friends and, and family or whatnot. It's so. fun. So, and it's fun, too. The, the business of the month that I'm going to talk about this month, uh, you know, when, when, I, when we, the weather gets warmer, I like to grill out. And, and, uh, and sometimes when I grill out, I might have a, have a beverage or something like that. So I found I was, I was going through some stuff and, and ran across a company called Corksicle, C-O-R-K-S-I-C-L-E. And, uh, and they created this really cool product that uh, it's, it's sort of like an icicle. You put it in your freezer, and uh, it looks like it extends about eight inches or so, and then you put it into, if you're trying to chill a bottle of wine and keep it chilled, after you open a, a bottle of wine, you stick the, the corksicle in it, and it keeps the bottle of wine at that appropriate chilled temperature so you can enjoy it. That's great. Um, you, know, you know, I know... You guys probably drink a bottle of wine in about 15 minutes. It doesn't yes. get that that, that uh, warm, but some of us, you know, try to savor that bottle mm-hmm. of wine and let it last over a period of time, so it it uh, it stays a little cooler. And now they have also come out. Corksicles come out with something called the Chillsner, which is a product that you can put in your bottle of beer to keep it cold. And it actually uh, you you insert it into an open bottle of beer and uh, uh, it. 
forms an airtight seal with the lid, and you actually drink it out of that and to keep your beer cold as you're drinking it at that outdoor barbecue or, or whatnot, so you can keep your beer cold as you're drinking you it. You think that'd work with my 32 ounce Coke? I don't know. I don't think they've they've come out with one for the soft drink yet, but uh, you you might want to look into it. You know, okay. I, I, I smell See if opportunity. I can modify it. Yeah, I smell opportunity. So if you go to www.corksickle.com, you can see both the Corksickle and the Chilsner. The Corksickle costs seventeen ninety five, and uh, the Chilsner's uh, two for twenty nine ninety five. You know, Father's Day is coming for all those uh, folks out there listening that need to pick up a Father's Day gift. So that would be that would be a good one for some. I think of it's us. a great one. So anyway, well, look, Susan, we very much appreciate you joining us today. We've had a good time, and uh, and we also want to remind people that if they are interested in submitting. Uh, their ideas for the small business of the month. If we accept your idea, you'll get a a entrepreneur exchange prize pack, and you can uh, put your you, you can email us at eexchange at the mesh tv with your ideas. And if we use your idea, you'll get the the fabulous entrepreneur exchange prize pack. We might send one to Susan just for being a good sport for being on our show today. I think that would be great. I'll wait by the mailbox. Okay. Well, look, we appreciate uh, you listening to us today, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next month. And uh, have a good one. We'll see you next time, Gary. That'd be great. Looking forward to it. All right. Bye-bye. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.